this morning, uh, motivated by a couple of things as we bring the word of God this morning. The first one is this, we got like two more days of fasting. Somebody say hallelujah, thank you Lord. <clears throat> and this week as I'm winding down, as I'm winding down, I'm asking God, I'm, you know, Lord, what you want me to ask you for? It's, a, it's an important question. What do I expect of you, God? Why am I, am I doing this just because the church is doing it? You know, what, what, you know, what's my motivation? Why, you know, what, you know, is it, you know, am I just involved in this <laughs> cultish practice? Or am I really believing that there's a God out there somewhere that actually wants to move on my behalf? And if he does, what can I ask him to move on? And I begin to ask that question. And I was challenged by the response because I began to think about all my needs. And I thought, wow, man, I've got a pretty decent house. I've, I've got, uh, you know, my, my, I've got a good wife. I've got a good woman. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> she loves me and she supports me and she is, she, she's, she's amazing. You know, my finances are in good shape. You know, I've got, I've got two nice automobiles. One of them almost has 300,000 miles on it, and it's 11 years old. But it still works, and it works good, and I'm not getting rid of it. I might drive it till it drops. I'm looking for half a million. Right? You know, I, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what, what? What can I ask you for? I got everything. Interesting, isn't it? When you really begin to look at your life as an American, we're blessed. And, and, and financial stability doesn't have as much to do with how much money you make as how much you steward what you do make, and whether you align it with God. And so, and so there was something that was revealed to me, and this message is going to bring it out, that I began to ask God for, because I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. I mean, I have everything that I could possibly need. Maybe you're in that same place. Maybe you're not. Maybe you need financial breakthrough. Maybe you need relationship breakthrough in your marriage. Maybe you need uh, a different work environment. Maybe, maybe you're, you know, you're just you're worn out. You know? Maybe you're worn out with life and there's some, there's some issues that, that, that you need to, to ask God to begin to move in. I, I hope you think about what your needs are and I think uh, God would love to hear about them. And he would love to bring provision to you because he, he says that he wants to bring victory. He wants to bring provision to you in such a way that you're satisfied. That's who we serve. And so I was motivated by that thought, and I was also motivated by a prodding by Cheryl Sharp that said, I want to hear about the I am's. 
Jesus had seven I am's. I am this, I am that. And she wanted me to begin to teach on what Jesus said about himself. And so, and so that, that's motivation number two is to understand that. But I started here because of the, one of the favorite passages of scriptures when we come to a, a place of a crossroads of this kingdom, living in kingdom, and, and then being in despair, we see that Jesus says about himself, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you abundantly. And in John 10, 10, that's where that's written. But you have to understand that Jesus is about to go and raise Lazarus from the dead. He's, he's, he's winding down his ministry life and he's about to go into a place where they're, they're going to kill him and he knows it. And, uh, he, you know, they're also going to, Lazarus also uh, is planned to be murdered after he's raised from the dead. And so this, this, it's not like things aren't about to heat up. He's, he's in this place of turmoil. And he says this, he says, he says in John 10, 10, well, let's just read it out loud together. I'll start with nine. He says, I'm the door. Say that with me. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. Beautiful, beautiful thought here. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Say that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have, we may have life, and that they may, we may have it more abundantly. Jesus came so we could have abundant life. Now, we talked about this on Wednesday night, and one of the things that we talked about is the more and more and more and more and more I read Scripture, I see it all over the place that God wants to bring victory. We just sang, JP, this victory in Jesus. But there's victory. And Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the door to what? Victory. I'm the door to satisfaction. I'm the door to, to everything you need. I, I'm the door. I, I want every aspect of your life to be abundant. And I'm the door to that. I'm the way to that. He, he says in, in John, he, he t goes up to Mary in, 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 in chapter 11 and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He, he, he's saying again, here's the door. Here's the door. And that door, he says, provides salvation. Anyone who enters by me will be saved. Now, when we think about salvation, we've talked about it a lot around here. Salvation includes sonship or Daughtership and provision. I just watched the new Robin Hood yesterday, and 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 uh, the the sheriff of Nottingham had a wax seal that he put on stuff, and 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 that is the thought process behind sonship and daughtership is that you've got the seal, you've got you've got the authority of God placed on your life. The kingdom of heaven can be dispersed through you because of your sonship. It doesn't mean that you can manipulate anything. It just means that through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit upon your life, you have the ability to bring kingdom into circumstances. 
You can, you can bring it in. You, you'll be saved. You have authority. It, it also includes eternal life. You're born again. You're born into eternity, and you're part of the family of God. And Jesus says about eternal life, he says, you, you come into this place of eternal life, which is to know the Father intimately and his Son, Jesus. There's this open heaven that allows you to come in and to know Jesus who is the door to the kingdom. He is is the way in. And he says, I'm going to bring you eternal life, salvation, which includes healing. Now, (laughs) I'm, I'm really challenged here. This is a challenge for me. Because I know that God wants to heal my mind, my body, and my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions. He, he wants to heal the way I think. He wants to heal my physical body. And he wants to heal my emotions and, and my will and everything about what motivates me. I know those things to be true. Well, how am I healed? Well, there's only one way. And that's through the door. There's only one way to healing it, and that's through the door. You know, I'm, and, and, we, and we struggle sometimes to believe that even healing in the physical body is, is available through the door. But we know that it is. We just don't like it because we can't control when it happens and when it doesn't happen. But there's no way that it happens without the door. Right? And so there's this door that Jesus provides, and, and that door provides salvation. The next thing that the door provides is protection. It provides safety, security, and direction. Look at what it says. He says, anyone who enters by me is saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It'll go in and out. In other words, he, he's protection. As long as you're in his name. As long as you're in the door. In other words, you can go in and out with kingdom. You can go in and out as long as you stay in kingdom. You're not going in and out of worldliness in kingdom and worldliness in kingdom and be protected. That's easy listening grace. Just got an email about that this week. I love your emails, by the way. I love your testimonies. Please lavish us with them. But listen. Grace is not allowing you to go into the world and back in the kingdom, into the world, back in the kingdom. That's not what it's about. Grace is God's power that allows you to stay in kingdom. And as long as you stay in kingdom, you can go in and out. You can go wherever you want, and Jesus, the name of Jesus, protects you from the things of the world. He's our protection. That door is protection. He says, you go out and there'll be green pasture. There'll be provision for you in whatever manner. There'll be provision for you in your relationship with your wife. There'll be provision for you with creative ideas of how to raise your children, each one on an individual basis, because God created them very differently. And there's going, to be, there's going to be green pastures. I'm going to provide this for you, giving you direction so that you can walk in kingdom effectively. I came to give you life, and I came to give it to you abundantly, to the full. 
And I'm the door to that, Jesus says. I'm the way to that. The door also provides that prosperity, which is all, you know, <laughs> it's kind of really interesting that we push back on prosperity. So I've done it. I know there's a lot of us that probably have done it. And it's because we see people raising a lot of money on teaching prosperity. And they teach it this way. You give a lot of money to me and God's going to give a lot of the money back to you. And we've seen that abused. And, that, and that's not what prosperity means. Prosperity means every aspect there's going to be abundance. There's going to be satisfaction. You're not going to have need. You're, not, you're going to be able, if you'll stay in kingdom in my name, you're not going to have need. That doesn't matter whether you make $30,000 a year or $130,000 or $330,000. You're not going to have need because you're going to use kingdom principle and you're going to be able to make ends meet in that, in that way because you're going to do finances in my name. If you do finances, you can go in and out and around and there's going to be enough for you. But you've got to begin to get, get my way in your life, which means that he can give you creative ideas to go from, if 30 is not enough, creative ways that you can go to 40. Or creative ways to, to, to you know, downsize or whatever you need to do, God is there for you and he's saying, I'm going to lead you to green pastures so that there will be abundance. I had a guy one time, man, I, <laughs> I, I was ragging him, you know, as I do, sometimes positively and sometimes I wish I could pull it back in. <laughs> Y'all probably don't deal with that, that's probably just me. <laughs> and so I said, oh, you're one of those prosperity gospel preachers. <laughs> and I was just ragging him a little bit. And he says, you mean versus the poverty gospel? <laughs> now think about it just a minute. We're just saying, there's victory in Jesus when I die and go to heaven. And I'm going to be miserable until I do that very thing. Doesn't make sense, does it? Makes absolutely no sense. That God doesn't want us to prosper while we're on this earth because of what he did. He, he brought in this idea of being able to walk with the Holy Spirit so he could bring abundance in every area where there would be no lack. There's no lack. You're thinking to yourself, well, I'm lacking here. I'm lacking there. I'm lacking here. Well, let me just tell you, Jesus' plan for you is no lack. And so you might be wanting to adjust the way you're thinking about where you have lack and adjust the way you're doing where you have lack and adjust your prayer times where you have lack and increase the amount of prayer hours where you have lack. Not just talking to God and complaining, but actually asking God for solutions. Yes, yes. 
so he can bring kingdom in it. Because somehow you're missing kingdom most likely. You're walking back into worldliness. So prosperity gospel versus poverty gospel or maybe it's the gospel according to what kind of mood God's in. Is God in a good mood today? I'm going to go to my God and I just hope he's in a good mood because I need kingdom today. It's weird how we think, isn't it? God's in it. He, 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 he wants to lavish stuff on you. He, he's a God that loves you. Let me tell you the only thing God wants to live in poverty is your flesh. The only thing God wants poverty in is your flesh. He wants you to align with him. He's, he's calling you. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. All you need. Peace. All you need. Now, when we look at all this, we have to understand that prosperity in the Greek, when it's listed right here in life abundant, that whole word abundantly in Greek means super abundance. So I came to give you life in super abundance. I came to give you life in excessiveness. I came to give you life overflowing. I came to give you surplus. I came to give you over and above. I came to give you more than enough. I came to give you extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient life. That's what I came to give you. And I'm interested to even hear what he's saying. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who's leading you. I'm the one who's guiding you. And as long as you stay in kingdom, I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to make sure that you come in a, to abundance, that you have everything you need, that they're sufficient. We, we, we're, we're, I went through and just looked at how abundance shows up in the Bible. And there are so many different ways. I could list them forever, but I'm just going to list a few. He, he says there's going to be a, a wheat, grain, and wine abundance. He, he says that all the time. Now, when we think about that, we, we have to understand that this is a farming community. And when they, when they have a large harvest of wheat, everything prospers. Everybody prospers. The workers prosper. I mean, it's, he's using a self-employed person to bring abundance to those who are working in the field as well. It's not just uh, the farmer getting rich. It's everybody living in abundance. He says, I'm bringing all this. I'm bringing fruit and produce, sheep and cattle, auction, provision in abundance, peace in abundance, joy in abundance, mercy in abundance, redemption in abundance. I'm going to redeem what was lost in abundance. That's good. That's good. Psalms 65.11 says, God, you crown the year with your goodness. It's, it's March, y'all. Listen to the psalmist. You crown my year, God, with goodness. 
goodness. I can look forward to what's coming. And your paths, your direction, your, your pastures drip with abundance. Wow. What a visual that David gives us. Psalm 72, 7 says this. In his days, Jesus' days, the righteous shall flourish. Say that with me. The righteous shall flourish. And there will be abundance of peace until the moon is no more. When Jesus comes, there's, there's an abundance. You know, it's interesting to me that he's preaching all these things. And then he says, he starts it with, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. The thief says, I want to take what was meant for you. I want to rob you. So what did, the thief, uh, what, what did the thief come to steal? Steal what? Your belief in where the door is. He came to steal. Y'all need to hear this. Your belief where the door is. Where's abundance going to come from? It comes from the door. There's only one way to abundance. It's an agreement with Jesus. And so if he can change where you're looking for your abundance, you'll be robbed. He would have stolen from you the very possibility of abundance. And even if you get financially well off, because you're focused on being rich in finances, that in itself will rob you of the abundance that God has for you. He's the door. He's the provision. He wants to steal from you your belief and what's behind the door. He wants to rob you that this is even possible for God. He wants to rob you of your belief that he wants to heal your body. He wants to rob you that you'll ever be emotionally secure. He wants to rob you of that your marriage will ever work. He wants to rob you that your kids are always going to be dysfunctional. He wants to rob you of the idea that it's possible that you live in abundance in every area of your life. He, he wants to steal that from you. What is behind the door? All these things God says or yes and amen. Jesus says about those who believe and follow him and stay in kingdom, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. And, and we don't, that's what I'm asking you. What are you asking God for? I mean, are you asking God for stuff this big? Are you asking God for stuff that you think might be impossible? With man, it is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. What are you asking him for? This impossible without him. And are you believing as you ask him that he is going to provide you exceedingly abundantly above what you're asking? 
The devil wants to rob you of what's behind the door. He wants to tell you that it's minimized, that, that you don't deserve it or you've been disqualified from what God wants to offer you. And he says about you that every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is yours. Everything in abundance is yours. How? Through the door. He wants to steal your belief in the benefits of sonship. He wants to steal your belief in that victory belongs to him and that through him you have victory. That's what we just sang. He wants to rob that from you. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to kill your creativity. He wants to kill your destiny. He wants to kill your lineage. He wants to kill your belief in the possibilities. And he wants to destroy you in every area. He wants to destroy your finances. And the number one way he destroys your finances is says that you don't have to tithe. Number one way. I see in churches everywhere. You know, Jesus says, bring your tithe and your offering. And a tithe is 10%. I watch people in turmoil because they refuse to get this aspect. But you'll never be healthy financially until you tithe. You will always struggle in some way until you line up with kingdom. And then you'll be protected. That's why I have a car that's got 11 years on it, 280,000 miles, and doesn't leak a drop of oil. I'm convinced it's because I give. It's because I tithe. But the devil wants to destroy your finances. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children and your grandchildren. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your enthusiasm about life in God, in Theos. He wants to destroy your ability to prosper. That's what he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. So what are you going to do? What, what, do you, what do you do? Here, 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 let's get back to my prayer. My prayer is, my prayer is Lord, I'm, I'm entering into the finalities of this 40-day fast, and I have everything. I'm satisfied. God, I, I, I don't lack for anything. You know, I'm, I'm getting up in years, and I'm ready to come home, Lord. I mean, I, 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 feel, I, I feel like, God, I've lived a, a, a good life. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. And then I begin to think about what I need to pray for. And I've got a 20-year-old who's off at college. And I know that the devil's desire is to kill still and destroy his ability to enter into the door. Or to look for some other way that that door might be opened. 
And I, and I begin to cry out and say, Lord, he didn't, he didn't have the relationship that I have with you. He doesn't have the years walking with you. He didn't have the miracles that I have. He didn't have the healing that I've had. He hasn't seen you provide $60,000 for a hospital bill. Came out of nowhere. He hasn't seen your ability to satisfy even the things that look impossible. And there's going to be a world out there that tries to get him to believe there's another way besides the door. And I've got grandchildren. I've got a daughter and a husband and I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, let them see that your way's the only way. That you're the door and that they don't try to convince you that their way can work too. Or somehow get in their mind's eye that they don't have to do things the way you established them and still can receive kingdom. And, and, and if, they don't, if they don't live that way, God, then their, their inheritance gets lost with the grandchildren. And you go, oh my goodness, how did we get here? Well, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to take away your heritage. He wants to steal it. He wants to say, well, you might get away with it, but I'm going to get your kids. You, you might be strong. But I'm still going to rob you. I'm still not going to give up. So even though sometimes we feel like we don't have any lack, there's still this pressing into the things of God that require us to, to help bring those that we love into this place of protection by God. And we better be desperately crying out for them because the devil is roaring about like a roaring lion and he comes as an angel of light. He comes as a minister. He comes as a minister of the gospel. Oftentimes. An angel of light trying to convince your kids and your grandkids that there's another way besides the door. And when we say the name of Jesus, you can't get this enough from this pulpit. When we say the name of Jesus, it's the character and the nature and the attitude and the decision-making processes of our God. It's not the name of Jesus. It's everything Jesus represents. It's everything that embodies that name. It's a, it, is, it is a total culture of God. He is the image of the invisible God. That name, that name. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. This is from the New Living Translation. It says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. Now, what I'm talking about here is staying into the kingdom where you can go back and forth, where there's protection. You can't just listen to God's word. You got to do it. You got to align yourself with it. You got to agree. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing in a mirror and you see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. 
But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. There's this responsibility, and that's what grace is. See, there's a hyper grace that's being taught that, that it doesn't matter what you do, you're covered. And, and some of that aspect is, you know, has some truth. It's unmerited favor, and he covers your sin, and he'll never remember it anymore. But you still got to pay the cost. Let me just say this. If you, let's say this, you are a believer, and you went out, and you went to a, a bar, and you had too much to drink, you had four drinks, and, and you, you drive home, and you have a, a, a head-on collision with a, another passenger, an 80-year-old woman who can't see you coming, <laughs> and you get in her lane, and you hit her head-on, and she dies. Are you still a believer? Are you going to prison? You can't expect that if we don't act in kingdom to receive kingdom even though you've got sonship. Grace is the thing that gives you the power to actually produce the things of the kingdom. It's not something that washes over any of your mistakes. It's the thing that empowers you to do righteousness. Yes? And God says, this is my son, my only son. I'm pleased. He's the door. He's the good shepherd. He's the way. His way is right. Matthew 7, 11 says this, If you then, being evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts, good things to those who ask him? You know, one of the things that we've been talking about, and we talked about Wednesday night, was this, and I'm closing, and it's early. Somebody say Hallelujah. You can come, whoever's coming. I see you looking, JP. Let me tell you the number one way that we fail. There's two doors. There's the door to the kingdom and Jesus is it. But there are doors into hellish forces. There are windows into hellish results just like there's a door to kingdom there's a door to evil and if he can get you to walk through that door then you're going to experience hellish results let me just let me tell you how you walk through the door you think i think that i don't have to do it god's way to bring kingdom that somehow his mercy is going to cover my actions. And they might cover them for eternal life. But you're going to reap what you sow if you're a believer. And here's the biggest thing. This is what the Lord said this Wednesday night. And he's saying this again today. There's this place that believers seem to, to live in that is denial. And God doesn't want us to live in denial. In other words, if, I, if you've got cancer, you've got cancer. That's a fact. That's a fact. 
There, there's, there's no reason that you have to live in denial. I've got a shoulder problem. Cheryl's got a bladder problem. You know, you might have sicknesses in here, but I believe God wants to heal us today. I believe he wants to heal Cheryl right now where she is today. I believe that I need to get this healed today because he is healer. Now, I can do one or two things. I can act like I'm not sick and I can quote all these scriptures and and it's, it has this yuck on it to me. Or I can say, this is, this is what sin brought into the world and it has affected me. But the truth is, not the facts. The facts are, I got a bad shoulder. The truth is, I serve a God who says that he wants to prosper me in my health. And he can heal me. He is my healer. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, he's my healer. And what I do is, and this is what I'm getting to. What I do is I align myself with my words with hell. I'm never going to get better. I've always been sick. We've always had financial trouble. I'm always going to be in this condition. I've been thinking like this when I was a kid. It's just my personality. It's just the way things are. We, we, we open the door to hellish forces. We align ourselves with that and we expect kingdom to come. When God says, I want you to speak the truth of the word of God over your situation, even when you don't see it, we've got to stop aligning ourselves with hellish forces with our lips. We've got to stop. And we've got to believe God in everything that we do. God's going to heal me. God's my healer. I, I'm continually praying that God would heal my mind and my way of thinking. God, I do open myself up to you. And I ask you, Lord, that I would understand the fullness of your love. That your love would overwhelm me. And when I understand that, God, I can begin to move in and out in the freedom that you want to bring in your kingdom. So that everything about your word begins to manifest itself in my life. And every aspect of my life, there's no lack. There's only abundance. Why? Because I'm walking in what you say about me and nothing else. I do not give place to anything that doesn't agree with you. Why? Because you are the door. There's no other door just you. Father, help us. I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you, God, for your provision. I thank you, God, that you have abundance for you. I thank you, God, for no lack in any area. Right now, I just thank you, God, for no lack in any area. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for no lack. God, we proclaim the absence of abundance. We say there's no, there's, there is an absence of abundance in my life. Yeah. Of the thought that there's no abundance. That's what I'm to say. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. That you came to give me life abundantly. That you want to lead me to green pastures. You want to restore my soul. You are the restorer. 
I am emotionally healthy. I have the capacity to think like God because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I am the temple of God. And I can be sensitive to you, O oh Lord. And I can make a decision to kill the flesh and to follow the Spirit. And as I follow the Spirit, it will produce fruit of abundance. I thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said.